Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. And good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Changing of the Guard Day here on the Sports King Show, Facebook Live, Sports 1061. Well, nearly 90 years ago, the Washington Redskins were named the Washington Redskins today. Announced this morning, just a little bit ago, they will be retiring their nickname and logo after completing a thorough review that began on July 3rd. Today, we are announcing we will be retiring the Redskins name and logo upon completion of this review, the team said in a statement. Dan Snyder, Coach Ron Rivera, working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition rich franchise, and inspire our sponsors, fans, and community for the next 100 years. Let's go back on that statement. Let me rewind that statement. We are going to work closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition. Forget about that. Rich franchise, forget about that. This is the line that matters the most. Inspire our sponsors basically rebuild the bridge with our sponsors. Folks, I've gone on record with this. It's not a name change that Dan Snyder had an epiphany about, woke up in the middle of the night and said, oh my goodness, I've got to make wholesale changes. I'm offending folks. No, this is completely, totally about the financial aspects and losing hundreds of millions of dollars. That's where it came from. That's the genesis of this. That's why it's happening. Momentarily, we're going to be joined by 1982 NFL MVP and Super Bowl champion Mark Mosley, team's all-time leading scorer, to get his immediate reaction to this. Some people are saying yes. Some people are saying no. Shouldn't happen. Should happen. Where do you come down on it? 804-327-0888. Coming up on the show today. Uh, hour one, Mark Mosley's reaction to the Redskins name change. Hour two, Blue Lou Marini. 
That name, synonymous with greatness in the music industry, played for the Blues Brothers, continues to play with them, also tours with James Taylor, is a guy that is one of the most sought-after musicians in the world. He'll join us today on the Sports King Show. We cannot be more excited. Big sports fan as well. So Blue Lou, maybe he'll uh, pull out the sacks and do something fun with us today on the Sports King Show. But the guy was on Saturday Night Live. He was in the Blues Brothers movie. He knows Ackroyd and New Belushi well. All of the great stories behind the scenes. We are so looking forward to having Blue Lou Marini on the Sports King Show in the 11 o'clock hour. But we started off with the significance of the change of the name of the Washington Redskins. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be. We're hearing a lot of names bandied about, one of which is Warriors. You know, I'm okay with that. But then again, other people don't appear to be. It seems like the Warriors name is getting scrutinized right now and not making some people happy. Well, isn't that what it's all about? It's a cancel cancel culture that we're going through. A lot of folks, if you offend anybody in any way, shape, or form, you got to strip it down, take it away, and try to find something that will be okay. Right now, Warriors seems to be in the lead. Red Wolves, man, not a fan of that. Uh, Red Tails, not a fan of that. What's your take? 804-327-0888. It's tough when you grow up since a small boy supporting a team, and I have the 87 years plus of supporting this team, but I'm reading some folks online sending me texts and emails. I supported this team for 60 years proudly, and with rich tradition and with uh, nothing but love in my heart, and they're changing the name. And those folks, you know, it's one of those things where it's happening, so you have to embrace the change and move forward. The Washington Football Club, as it's known now, because there is no current nickname for this team, and all of the folks out there that have all the merchandise that uh, we have, the cups, the mugs, the shirts, everything under the sun, uh, all that is going to be washed away like the snow and the rain, and it looks like it's on to something different. Um, I just don't know on the name change what will work good. Do you just keep Washington Football Club? Uh, do you play Hail to and change the name, the song, one of the great songs after every score will be gone? And it's one of those situation uh, situations where you have to look at this from a lot of different sides. Uh, it's a very, very uh, upsetting time for some, happy for others. A lot of people have been banging the drum for a long time to change it, and some people are saying, you know, the offensiveness to the Native Americans, where it all came from. And then you see back to 2016, a Washington Post poll where 9 out of 10 uh, Native American respondents said they were fine with the name. They had no problem with the name. And by and large, one of the reasons was the Redskins were funneling money in to help on the economic side to some of the reservations, some of the economic plans, some of the food issues, some of the schooling issues. Uh, Dan Snyder was putting money in buying large to a lot of the groups that he met with and was touring with a lot of former Redskins. That's some of the stuff you don't hear or don't see. Now, my fear for the Native Americans out there, basically, a lot of them are now going to have money stripped away from them because the name's taken away. Some people may say, why should I continue to support groups that don't want to have anything to do with me? If you don't want anything to do with Dan Snyder and the Redskins, you don't want anything to do with the money he's pumping into all the Native American areas to try to help improve them, which I think is a tragedy in itself, but that's another story for another day. Meanwhile, I'm reading with great interest, and the Atlanta Braves 
that's okay. Cleveland Indians, that's okay. But hey, guess what? The Braves, they're going to stop the tomahawk chop. And the Florida State Seminoles might stop the chop down there. That, that's okay. Just keep the name. Stop the chop. That's good enough. Well, folks, here's the deal. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And the way I look at it, it's this. You take them all away or don't take any of them away. It's a situation where if you're going to offend one, you offend all. Where does it stop? Okay, the Atlanta Braves. Hank Aaron's Atlanta Braves. I've never had a problem with the Atlanta Braves. I've always felt it was a great name, great team, great heritage. The great Hank Aaron led the way, and they've had nothing but great teams through the years. I've never had a problem with it. Have you? 804-327-0888. What about the Cleveland Indians? Are they a thing of the past? Will that be changed? Everybody says, no, it's fine. Leave those there. Just single out the Redskins, and let's get rid of them. Let's jettison them off. 804-327-0888. Blood pressure a little bit high this morning as uh, I'm taking this all in. Interested to hear momentarily Mark Mosley, 1982 NFL MVP, of course, all-time leading scorer of this team. And it's a situation where we want to find out what he thinks, uh, of course, he has been one of the leaders on this team for so many years in reaching out to the Native American uh, aspect with Dan Snyder. He's gone on tours. He's met with folks. I am so interested in speaking with him, and we want to go out to uh, his home and join Mark Mosley, the 1982 NFL MVP and, of course, the all-time leading scorer in Washington Redskins history, and Mark uh, your take immediately upon learning this morning. We've been hearing about it. We've been talking about it. But now officially this morning, uh, for a guy that has been so synonymous with the greatness of the Redskins, your take on this day, many people online and uh, that we've heard from texting and so forth feel like it's kind of a funeral. What is your take on this situation with the name change? Well, as, um, as, as you know, I, I'm very disappointed. I think it's a travesty of what's uh, taken place uh, for the last seven years. I've been on the road uh, for Dan Snyder uh, to try to meet with as many uh, Native American councils on their reservations that I could meet with. Uh, myself and some other Redskins alumni have been doing this, and we've met with over 60 of the uh, Native American nations and their councils. and and talk with them and met with their people. We put on football camps on um, for for the last three or four years on different uh, reservation high schools, who, by the way, names are Redskins. That's their motto and the mascots, um, which, you know, somebody may argue that they have the right to since it's there, since it's on their reservation, but they don't think anything bad about it. They've, you know, my, uh, my conclusion after – all of these visits and all of these conversations and, and having grown up with the Alabama Cushata Indians down in Texas, um, I've, you know, I've known their plight all along. The sad thing about it is, and my conclusion to finish that was that they loved the Redskins. They were upset that the people were trying to change the name because uh, it was going to take away from them. And now, unfortunately, they're the losers of this whole thing. Uh, when you take uh, when you take out that now now who's out there to keep their name out there to represent them with honor and, and dignity uh, they have no one so uh, you know like I said I'm I'm disappointed uh, I'm disappointed for them it's not going to affect my life any uh, 
but uh, I'm afraid it will affect them because now they're just going to be in oblivion. So, Mark. and it's it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because if you've ever if you ever have a chance to visit, I think all this other stuff that's going on right now. If we're gonna if we want to ride and and insist and and demand change, we need to you know that's who needs to be demanding change is we've treated the Native Americans and uh, the way we don't pay attention to them and and have gone out of our way to avoid them and to take them over and and try to make them become, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to get myself in trouble or make them become something that they're not. Mark, I've got to ask you, in your entire time of being a member of the team, in your entire career and growing up in, as a football fan, uh, I understand both sides of the coin and how it can be perceived by some as a slight. I understand that, and I also understand how people look at it as a very – uh, very much a sign of bravery and support, and they love their team, and they've never looked at it any other way but from a great uh, aspect. Where do you come down on that? Have you ever at any point looked at it from the negative connotation and said, hey, I, I, I think it's a bad thing, or was it always, from your standpoint, always something of great admiration and pride? I have never, ever, and it never entered my mind that the name Redskins was derogatory towards the Native Americans. Not ever. And uh, that's what's so perplexing about this whole situation is that uh, it, it and it goes to show you it doesn't take it doesn't take much to today in today's society with the mindset of things and with what's going on around our nation right now. I think people are starting to set up with all this uh, uh, political correctness crap. And, and uh, I think they're beginning to wake up and see what's going on in America. And if we're not careful, we're going to lose our liberties because of it. So, uh, but to me, the, the name is always synonymous with me and my hard work and what I did uh, to, to represent uh, that name with honor and dignity and, uh, and, and respect. And I always went out to try to be the best I could be. And that's what that name represented was it represented uh, a nation of people who loved uh, their their country, who loved their nation and who fought for it and and died for it and and were mistreated uh, along the way, but yet they're still around and they're still here and they're still fighting for for things. And, and you know, to me, that's what that represented. That's why Coach Gibbs, every time we went out on the field before we went out there, he would say, "Let's go play like play like Redskins, play like real Redskins." And that's what it, that, that's what that name represented to us. Our special guest, Mark Mosley, on the reaction of the name change for the Washington Redskins. Of course, all-time leading scorer, NFL MVP, 1982 Super Bowl champion, his unique perspective. And, Mark, uh, you mentioned to me privately, and we've talked about this, you're very upset not only about the name change, but as you mentioned earlier, the fact that now uh, people may be a forgotten people, a lot of the Native Americans that were in the recipients of financial econ on the economic side, as well as uh, food and maybe some schooling aspects, things that Dan Snyder instituted could all be washed away now. And you're upset about that aspect that there uh, people been getting help. Now uh, those people that were all for it and you met with and said, Hey, I'm, I'm all about this. I want the help you guys are offering and we're not offended by the name. You feel now they're going to be almost forgotten. Well, and yes, and, and the reason that we didn't broadcast all the good things that we were doing for the Native Americans was because we didn't want people to think we were doing it to try to 
by their their approval and that wasn't that we we started doing this before uh any of any of this conversation started um about the name and we were always aware of it and and it started way back when uh when Dan went out uh and saw what was going on himself and he came back and wanted to to help he said we've got to do something he said i know enough people that have money that we can get finance and we can help these people and we came back and he started doing it he didn't he didn't broadcast it he didn't go out there and say we did this uh we did that uh he did it because he had he saw a need and as a as a um as a player that represented that name you know i saw the same need and and i've known that i've known about that need since i was a kid because growing up with the alabama cachetta indians in texas they were some of my best friends we played football basketball ran track together for years uh and uh i knew how how tough it was on them just to just to make a living and uh so you know it's it's it hurts i i will say that it hurts i hate to give it up like i said it's not going to change my life it's not going to change the way i live uh it's not going to affect me that much but it is going to affect the the native americans and and not because of the money i think it's i think they they've almost been forgotten this was a way that helped to make people not forget that they were still here that the native americans are here they're part of our country they're no different than me they're no they're don't you know it doesn't matter what color they are you know, black, white, red, yellow, it doesn't matter what color our, our, our skins are. We all need to learn how to live together. And that's what, the, what it's all about. And that's what this nation, nation was formed for, so we can all live together as Americans. And uh, we came over here for the freedom and the liberties that America gives us. And, you know, that's what it's all about. Mark, let me ask I'm you preaching, from historical... I'm preaching to the choir right now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> let me ask you from a, as I wear my burgundy and gold today, uh, let me ask you from a historical standpoint, uh, you know, all time leading scorer, Super Bowl winner, NFL MVP, um, you and your teammates through the years, three Super Bowl champions, the establishment of the greatness that you did under that name. Uh, are you fearful in some ways that as they change to maybe now they're saying the, Washington Football Club, the Red Tails, the Renegades, the Warriors, all these different things are coming about that is going to hurt the legacy aspect in terms of the historical nature of what you guys all did and laid the foundation for a team that now, as of a few hours ago, has been wiped out in terms of the name itself? No, it's just the name. I don't think any of the history is going to be forgotten. Uh, No one has forgotten what the Senators did. You know, back when they were here in Washington, uh, you know, no one's forgotten who the bullets were back when they were were called the bullets. You know, the the name is just that. It's just a name. Uh, however, in our instance, that name meant a lot to us as players. We we represented that name with great respect and great honor every every day we lived and every day that we played. And it was just, uh, I just think it's a, it's a real travesty. It's a real disappointment for me that, um, that it's happening this way. I think as a, I think they're being very disrespectful to the Native Americans. And I think and because having personally heard and talked and spoken with them, and, and not just one or two, but hundreds and hundreds of them, uh, I, I just think it's a travesty that they're, uh, they're being treated this way and, and that this is going to end up uh, hurting them in the long run. 
Our special our special guest, Mark Mosley, all time leading scorer for the Redskins, NFL MVP, 1982. And you referenced Joe Gibbs earlier, and something that that you said really struck me. You said he would always say, "Guys, go out and play like Redskins today." And I know Joe Joe Gibbs, uh, spending time with him, one of the most honorable people I've ever known. And uh, he's a guy is as honorable as you well know as anybody out there. I know in his heart, I know what his heart carries and the type of man he is, that when he said, go out and play like a Redskin, he meant it with the greatest of pride and dignity. And so I wonder, we can't speak for Coach today, but I just would wonder what he might think about what's happening. And I guess uh, he'd probably fall in line with a lot of the former players that very sad about the change because I guess in the hearts of you guys, it never came from an area of disrespect. Right. Well, I knowing Coach Gibbs, I'm sure he'll – he will um, have something to say about this. We'll, we'll hear from him here shortly, I'm sure. Uh, I know he's kind of stayed out of it because he didn't want to be an, an influential uh, person within this decision that had to be made by Dan Snyder. I think he wanted to make sure that that was made by the ownership um, because it is such a big thing. It's such a, a huge change. And it's. Uh, uh, I think the mayor of Washington is wrong when, when she put that kind of pressure on him. I think these... Uh, these sponsors were wrong when they put that kind of pressure on an owner to, to do something like that, uh, especially something that they did not really research themselves like we have and understood and took great pride in it. And, uh, I mean, we didn't take this lightly. And I, and I know that Dan Snyder and uh, Ron Rivera have not taken it lightly. And uh, it's, been, it's been something that's, that I know it's probably cost uh, the owner – a lot of sleepless nights because of it, because he loved that name. He was, you know, that was he, he was a, a fan when he bought the team. And uh, that name represents who the Washington Redskins are and who that football club has been since, uh, what, 1937, I think. And yeah. uh, we've, we've done everything we could do to, to carry it with pride. This is a tough one, and I know you haven't probably given two seconds thought, but they're saying Warriors, Renegades, um, Red Tails. No, Have you given any no. thought or anything that would even be acceptable in terms of a replacement for, of course, the Washington Redskins? I think Redskins. they need to be called the the Washington No Names. Okay. <laughs> That's what it should okay. be. After How about Washington this. Football Club? Just Washington Football Club. That's I mean, whatever. Because uh, there, I mean, there's, there, there's nothing that's ever going to match the Redskins. There's not a name that's going to that's going to ever match that. Uh, the history is always going to be there. The players that made that name and and gave it the respect uh, on the football field are always they're going to be there as long as they're alive. And people, I think, are not going to forget those those people. I mean, we've had some great great uh, football players and coaches here in Washington, and I think uh, you know I think I think. Um, Washington, the fans are, you're going to hear from the fans. I can assure you that you're going to hear from the fans. Mark, do you, uh, are you open to the spear on the side of the helmet or the script R? Are you open to either one of those? Or do you think, uh, you think if they keep something with the R, are you okay with that R as a change? Uh, hopefully that wouldn't offend anybody, but, uh, you never know. I mean, what do you think? You know, in today's world, it doesn't matter what you say or do or think. You're going to offend somebody. It doesn't matter what the name is. Somebody's going to be offended by it. You don't. You can't please everybody. I mean, that's right. You know, that's impossible. And I think what's happened now is because of 
the social media now. It's so easy to get out into the public and get out there and, and chop down or hurt somebody and make everybody boycott this or boycott that. I think it's, it's really wrong. Our First Amendment's been thrown out the window. And uh, because of the social media and the aspect of how it affects people, and uh, I think it's really, really wrong the way it's being used. And I well, think we, we as a nation are the ones that have to stand up. We the people have got to stand up and put a stop to it somehow. They'll never take away your MVP or your Super Bowls or your uh, your historical career, and that's something we're all proud of you well, for I'll, having. I, you know, I'll say this. I'm 72 now, but I'm still healthy, and I plan on living a lot longer. But I worry about my children, my grandchildren, what they're going to have to deal with, how they're going to have to deal with all this stuff. Uh, I mean, it, and and uh, we have to, as as Americans, stand up and be be strong about what we believe, and we have to be able to express that. That's why America is who we are. That's why America is the greatest country in the world. And uh, again, I'm kind of, I guess, preaching to the choir here, and and. Uh, getting up on my soapbox, but I, I just think it's a travesty that <laughs> what's going on right now. Well, Mark, thanks for jumping on this morning. We really appreciate your insight and your unique perspective as always. And uh, you have a great day. Thank you for uh, being a part of the show today and give us your thought on the name change. All right. Well, thank you. I'll get back to my workout now. All right. <laughs> There you go. Keep that leg going. You never know. You got you got some more left in you. Mark Mosley, our special guest this morning. We're going to take a time out. Come back. Take your phone calls. 804-327-0888 is the number. The name has changed. What about you? What do you think? Give us a call. 804-327-0888. The Sports King Show uh, continues on this Monday morning. We'll be right back. Hi, this is number 26, former Redskin defensive back and Super Bowl champion Danny Copeland. You're listening to my main man, Jamie King, on Sports King Show on Sports 1061. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hail to the Redskins. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the podiatry center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts hard cast. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back. Monday morning. We thank the 1982 NFL MVP, Mark Mosley, for jumping on, giving us his thoughts. He loves the name. He is not happy. And it's a situation where he's looking at it from all sides, and he feels that his teammates are not going to be happy. And he said Joe Gibbs used to say to them before they went on the field, Go out and play like Redskins today. 
So that was meant, and if you know Joe Gibbs or have ever met him, you know he's a guy that has nothing but love in his heart, is a kind man, is a respectful man. And so when you hear Joe Gibbs say, go out and play like a Redskin, you know it's meant from a place of uh, great honor. But today is a day where everything's going to change. It was 2013 where Daniel Snyder, who grew up cheering for the team, who purchases in 1999, told USA Today Sports that he would never change the name. Put it in all caps. It will never, ever change. Until you take money away from me corporately, take all the sponsors away, threaten me, then it'll change. And that's what's happened here. So, folks, this is completely being done because of the fact that he's hemorrhaging money at every turn. And, of course, FedEx Field uh, with the contract through 2025, that's in jeopardy unless the name was going to change. So they went ahead and did it right now. The Redskins are no longer the Redskins or the Washington Football Club for the time being. A situation where you're like, okay, what's it going to change to? Will it be Warriors, be Red Tails, be Renegades? What's your take? 804-327-0888. Leading up to the 11 o'clock hour with uh, Saturday Night Live and the Blues Brothers Blue Lou Marini, who starred, uh, had a starring role with, uh, of course, Mac Guitar Gibson in the movie, a big scene with Aretha Franklin. We'll talk about that. And, of course, some of the uh, special times with Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. And, uh, boy, he told me some stories yesterday. And he's got a lot to tell. And a uh, guy that's been with Blood, Sweat, and Tears, James Taylor, some of the top uh, artists in all the world. He has performed on albums, movies, the whole nine yards. Blue Lou Marini, our guest in the 11 o'clock hour. We want to thank our sponsors for which we can't do our program. Of course, the Nerve Company, never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. Go to www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. They do graphics, website design, marketing plans. They do it all at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. And by Colonial Honda, CMA's Colonial Honda. They continue to keep uh, lives moving forward. Go out and see for yourself new cars, used cars, an amazing selection, which can be delivered to your door if you want them to. President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove has the best car selling team in the country, and they will make it happen for you every single time. That's at CMA Colonial Honda. And by the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross, if you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his outstanding staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in Springfield, Virginia, Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 180,000 people. I'm one of them that have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross in the Podiatry Center. The Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care, heard here exclusively to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. We also want to thank the great Joe Moglia and the Joe Moglia Report, brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University, the Chanticleers, Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade and the former coach at Coastal Carolina who offers insight on life, finance, and sports. That is heard weekly on the Sports King Show. It's the Joe Moglia Report, and he was on Friday, and we love hearing from Coach on all of the financial and other type advice that he gives. We appreciate him each and every week on the Sports King Show. So your calls, 804-327-0888. Your thoughts on the name change. It's happening, folks. Don't know what it's going to change to. Don't know when it's going to change. But we do understand that the name change, in some cases, takes years to fully get going because you have to replace everything from the signage to the logos to the, uh, of course, merchandising. It's a complete change. Some people 
are very reluctant and won't change. Some people, uh, and this could be very contentious at FedEx, uh, FedEx may have to uh, basically put something out saying you won't be allowed in the gate when you're allowed to go back if you're wearing anything of a red skin nature because some people may find it offensive. If that happens, you can see, in my opinion, I would see a lot of ticket holders, season ticket holders say, you know what? If you're going to not allow me to wear my gear that I paid good money for into the building, I'm not going to come anymore. I don't know if if that will happen or not, but I could easily see somebody saying uh, you got to banish the folks wearing any of the gear. Now, there lies in a rub for me, because when you spend tens of thousands of dollars, as many Redskins fans have through the years purchasing keychains and hats and shirts and uh, everything under the sun, uh, license plates and stickers and everything and all of a sudden you say hey we're going to a new name what happens to those folks what happens to the people that have invested their money to purchase items are you then not allowed to wear that into a facility or around a facility just don't know how that's going to work and uh, you know if somebody says hey from here on out you can't wear any redskin gear into a game because we're changing it all that would be something where i would say uh very interesting uh situation we'll see how that unfolds Love to hear from you on the big name change today. 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I received so many calls and texts over the weekend about people. And unfortunately, I have no say-so whatsoever in the deal. Uh, you know, I have a certain feeling about this team. I've loved this team. It's been always one of a of a reverence type deal where I always looked at it with pride and with a situation of uh, love in my heart and never from a negative connotation. But uh, you have to understand both sides of the situation and understand that uh, there are a lot of folks involved here and you want to make sure you are aware and uh, awoke, as they say, and that you understand everything uh, in regards to the overall situation. But I would love to hear from you today, 804-327-0888 is the number and other news over the weekend the lake show suffered a severe loss because uh ray john ronda uh rondo has broken his right thumb in practice so remember what i said about this as players start coming back in all the different leagues you have to wonder not only who's going to be healthy from the coronavirus situation but who's going to be healthy from just an injury situation because i was worried about knees and ankles and legs being uh in jeopardy because of uh, some guys trying to push too fast, too quickly, and basically get back on the court before they're ready. Uh, Lakers guard Rajon Rondo suffered a broken right thumb in practice Sunday night in Orlando, Florida. He's expected to return to full basketball activities in six to eight weeks, the team announced. Rondo will undergo surgery to repair the fracture this week, the team said. The Lakers traveled to Orlando on Thursday night for the resumption of the 2019-20 NBA season and practiced for the first time on Saturday, first practice back, their point guard loses uh, the rest of the season with a broken thumb. He signed with the Lakers in 2018, twice missing time during the 2018-29 season after undergoing separate surgeries to repair a fractured third metacarpal in his right hand and a torn ligament in his right ring finger. So he's had issues with his hand before. He's 34 years of age, averaging 7.1 points, five assists, three re- rebounds per game. He has appeared in 48 games for Los Angeles and started in three. L.A. is already without their other starting guard, Avery Bradley, who opted out of the season because of the coronavirus concern for his family. The Lakers have signed J.R. Smith as Bradley's replacement for the remainder of the season. So here's a situation with the Lakers where you have to wonder what is going on with the Lakers in terms of their 
title chances. Yes, you have LeBron. Yes, you have AD. But now your starting point guard is gone. The backup to that starting point guard didn't show up because of coronavirus concerns. So now you bring J.R. Smith off the scrap heap and hope that he has something left in the tank to lead the Lake Show to a title. This is why I went on record saying the Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion, will win it all because they are the best team, healthiest right now. And if things hold suit, I believe they have the wherewithal to win it all. In the lack of guard play for the Lakers, you cannot underestimate that. Yes, you have King James. Yes, you have uh, AD. You have a great front line, but you don't have that point guard play. J.R. Smith is a good player. His best days are behind him, and the Lakers are going to suffer because of this. And mark my words, when the Lakers fall off and don't win at all, it will be because you lose a Rondo and you don't have an Avery or Bradley, so you're going to lose some key guys that would help you win it all. So that's the situation there we're watching as far as the Lakers. Don't be surprised if they try to sign somebody, maybe a veteran guy to come out and uh, come out of retirement and try to help uh, fortify the backcourt because right now the Lakers are in some serious trouble in regards to that. Of course, uh, we also know that the franchise tag date for Dak Prescott uh, getting back to the NFL uh, we understand, of course, uh, they have until 4 p.m. Uh, Wednesday, and there's still 14 players awaiting new deals, including Dak Prescott. He will not get one, in my opinion. Jerry Jones is going to tell him keep the 31.4. If he gets anything other than that as an exclusive franchise tenor, I will be shocked. Uh, he is not going to get the big deal now. I think he has to go out and earn it. But other players are out there waiting for big deals, including Derrick Henry. I wouldn't be very surprised if they didn't give him the money because last year he went out and really earned it, and he carried that team on his back. So Derrick Henry is a guy in a little bit different category for me. I would definitely give him the money and try to keep him happy because uh, he definitely carried the mail for Tennessee. Three players have not signed their franchise tenders yet. Yannick Nagakawe, Chris Jones, and A.J. Green. Franchise tag figures are based upon the top five salaries at each position. And so you're looking at a lot of guys who will have to make a decision coming up by Wednesday at 4 p.m., but do not expect Dak Prescott to get a monumental deal. I will be absolutely shocked. Now, some people were like, well, you know, for the Cowboys to win, you got to make the quarterback happy and you got to throw that big money at him. Why? You got an 8-8 eight eight guy last year. Give him the 31.4, go earn it, and then you'll get paid. That's got to be the look for the Cowboys because right now that's a situation that I see in terms of Dallas and he just is not worthy of a big contract right now as we speak. Now, if he goes off and has a great year and leads them to the promised land, pay the man what he's worth. But right now, uh, just not there. He's eight and eight guy, 31.4. should be happy with the red rifle behind him. He needs to really go out and produce for the Cowboys or he will not get the money that he is looking for. We are going to take a timeout, come back with your phone calls, much, much more with the breaking news earlier this morning. The Washington Redskins are no longer the Washington Redskins. They are the Washington Football Club for the current time being. And the name, we don't know what it's going to be. We're hearing all kinds of different things. But as you heard Mark Mosley earlier, not happy with this situation as a former player. And he feels that the Native Americans will lose in the long run in terms of not being uh, the recipients of the money and all the things that were happening behind the scenes. And now he feels that a team that uh, Joe Gibbs, of course, the great coach and one of the great people in the world, said, go out today, say this before games, and play like Redskins. He said it with pride. 
and it was intended with pride, and now something that has been taken the other way, which is understandable from both sides of the coin, that you have to say, okay, you may have offended folks on one side, and on the other side, Joe Gibbs saying, go out and play like Redskins from a standpoint of doing it the right way. So you got two sides of the coin, and people are upset on one side, other side understandable. And uh, as Mark Mosley said very eloquently at the very end, we need to come together as a people somehow, some way, and find a way to all get along as a people. We're going to take a time out, come back with the final 15 of hour number one. Coming up in hour number two, Saturday Night Live. You knew him in, of course, the Blues Brothers, Blue Lou Marini. Can't wait to talk to Blue Lou. That's going to be exciting. Coming up in hour two, take your phone calls as well on the Redskins name change, 804-327-0888. Don't touch that dial. More Sports King after these commercial messages. Hi, this is Culpepper, Virginia native, Keith, Mr. Jennings, formerly of the Golden State Warriors. And you are listening to a man who can shoot the three almost as good as me. It's the Sports King, Jamie King, on Sports 106.1. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back, everyone. Sports King Show on a Monday morning. I want to say hi to some folks out there. Jenny and Dennis Jammons out there in South Carolina enjoying that honeymoon. While their grandparents get gray hair, they're out there having fun. Enjoy that weather. Enjoy that honeymoon. Hello, Melissa Butler from Texas. Ralph Faulkner, London, England. Hello. We appreciate you, Dan. Um, Dan from sacramento california hello and happy birthday to you uh it's going to be uh blue lou marini coming up here in just a few minutes love to hear your thoughts in the final um 10 to 12 minutes of this hour as we talk about the redskins name change hello patrick in uh, lincoln nebraska uh, nebraska city we thank you for joining us as well so we're spanning the globe from sacramento all the way across the country florida's on board south carolina london england we love it we thank you. We can't do it without you. And uh, earlier in the show, Mark Mosley jumped on board and talked to us about the name change, was not happy about it, uh, is very upset about the fact that uh, it's being wiped away, doesn't feel it's right. So many people out there you know, have strong feelings on either side. But when you look at it in totality, uh, you understand and have to understand both sides of the coin, both sides of the fence. It's a situation that 
is offensive to some, not so offensive to others. And uh, not being a Native American, it's hard to say. You know, I go back to the 2016 uh, Washington Post uh, poll they did of Native Americans, where nine out of ten said they loved the name, they were for the name, it didn't bother them, and they were more interested in social issues and so forth being taken care of, which is totally understandable. So, what's your take? Eight zero four three two seven zero eight 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 is the number. Of course, Warriors, Red Tails among some of the names being looked at. Washington Football Club. Some folks think there should be no other nickname and just keep it Washington Football Club. Maybe keep a W on the helmet. Who knows? I mean, some people say, what about the Sentinels? Remember the movie uh, with Keanu Reeves? That was uh, quite a movie. And, of course, the Sentinels, uh, of course, that's uh, the replacements, uh, as you remember. Uh, Jack, um, not Jack Nicholson, it was um, Gene Hackman. Yes, Gene Hackman. Thank you, Ben Maitland. Uh, Gene Hackman and, of course, the great uh, Keanu Reeves, who does quite a lot for people behind the scenes. Uh, he had a great uh, part in that one, and it was a lot of fun. But the Sentinels were a team being looked at. And I know Dan Snyder was looking at potentially having the Warriors as a team name for an arena team. So it's really interesting what's going on behind the scenes. But right now, the number one story you know, trending everywhere is the name change, which happened today. Once again, getting back to the Dak Prescott situation, something just scrolled across saying the Cowboys are miles apart from him in terms of a uh, major deal for him. Four o'clock Wednesday is the timetable. All of a sudden, at the last minute, they're going to come up with this major deal for him. I just don't see it happening. He has not done enough to earn the favor of Jerry Jones in a uh, couple hundred uh, couple hundred million dollar contract. How can you pay a guy with an 8-8 eight and eight background? That's his body of work versus Patrick Mahomes who just landed a $503 million contract, a situation where you have to say, you know, the guy really went out and earned it. Another guy has not done it so far. So it will be interesting to see if any movement whatsoever for Dak Prescott. I just don't see it happening at all. Of course, it's a situation that uh, is definitely fluid. But uh, right now, there is no movement on the Dak Prescott side for all you Cowboys fans, just so you know. Some good news for the Arizona Cardinals. Their owner, Michael Bidwell, has been released from a Rhode Island hospital after testing positive for the coronavirus last week. Uh, He went on to say this week, I learned firsthand just how serious COVID-19 is, Bidwell said in a statement. My immense appreciation for all those on the front lines of this pandemic has only increased, and I am particularly grateful to the tremendous nurses and doctors at Newport, Rhode Island Hospital. I am also overwhelmed by the outpouring of kindness from the Red Sea, as well as so many friends and colleagues in Arizona and throughout the country. I'm very fortunate to have this experience behind me and strongly encourage everyone to continue to practice the important measures of safety and to avoid it themselves. The Cardinals said on Friday they believe Bidwell, 55, caught the virus while traveling and spending time on the East Coast for several weeks. Bidwell has been working remotely since March, and the team uh, said he hasn't had in-person contact with the Cardinals coaches or players. So good news for Bill uh, Bidwell's son, of course, uh, Michael Bidwell, of course, released from the hospital and uh, from all accounts, a very nice man. I heard nothing but great things about the Arizona Cardinals, the way they do things there, and a very classy organization, and it's good to hear he's on the men there. So that's the situation there in Arizona. And, of course, uh, Marty Fish this weekend won the American Century Classic Golf Tournament, uh, of course, the great uh, event out there in Tahoe. If you ever have a chance to go out to Tahoe, uh, nothing but beauty out there and some great golf, uh, guys having a lot of fun. And it was great to see Kyle Williams, of course, Buffalo Bills, Never knew he could play that well. He finished second in the tournament. The situation 
Uh, you had uh, Stephen Curry playing well. I mean, there's some great golfers. These guys are serious, and they said that Patrick Mahomes, who I guarantee you he'll be a contender in the years to come, they say he actually put a golf simulator in his basement to start practicing and get better in terms of uh, golfing. So all these guys out there really putting the time into getting better on the links, and you can see that uh, certain certain guys are just they're just not out there to play. They're out there to win. But it was funny to see Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey uh, out on the course teasing each other, having fun, and just good-naturedly enjoying the weekend as so many other of the uh, athletes were out there doing. It wasn't as uh, fan-attended in years past, but you still saw the boats out there on the water enjoying it, and it was an enjoyable weekend of golf there. And, uh, of course, uh, many people got to see the players, you know, let their hair down, enjoy the weekend in a different setting that you're used to. So that is going to wrap up hour number one with our top story. Changes coming to the nation's capital, renaming the Redskins. There is a process going on. They have to rebrand the iconic franchise, permanent changes, the signage, trademarks, and logos. This could take years to do. We don't know what the name change is going to be. Some people say within 24 hours we're going to have a new name for the Washington Now Football Club. We don't know, but it's going to be something that uh, we'll be right on top of. If there's any breaking news over the show in the final hour here, Ben Maitland is always on top of that in headquarters. He will let us know if there's anything that comes across. He is always ready with the update. Coming up in just a few minutes, Blue Lou Marini. You want to stick around for this. Of course, if you are a fan of the Blues Brothers, this guy is an original member of the Blues Brothers Band. Saturday Night Live, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. James Taylor he travels with. Of course, we're going to talk to him about Matt Guitar Murphy and that great scene in the Blues Brothers with Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul. We're going to talk about that so much more. we got so many questions for the guy, and he's a huge sports fan on top of that. So all that coming your way in hour number two, getting ready to start up momentarily. If you have any questions for Blue Lou, give us a call, 804-327-0888. 804-327-0888 is the number. And we look forward to, at the top of the 11 o'clock hour, catching up with Blue Lou Marini. Ben Maitland is at my side, and we'll have more Sports King show momentarily. Don't go away. As a Saturday Night Live great joins us as the Sports King rolls on Monday morning. Hi, sports fans. This is Hall of Famer Andre the Hawk Dawson of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to a guy who hits a home run with every show. It's the Sports King with Jamie King on Sports 106.1. Sports King Nation, want to take part in the show? Here's your chance to call the studio line. 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. We are on a mission from God, and boy, what an honor this is. Uh, When you do this job, and I say this with the greatest reverence, sometimes you get to speak to folks and talk to people that you admire and have great uh, respect for, and this gentleman is one of those people. We welcome the Sports King Show, Blue Lou Marini. Blue Lou, welcome. Thank you, Jamie. It's a pleasure, brother. I'll tell you what, I I don't even know where to start. It's like I was sitting there thinking, how can I ask Blue Lou 
who he's not played with, it probably be easier to say who you've not played with rather than who you've played with. You have been such an icon in, uh, of course, the music industry. Let's go back. Uh, I'd like to start at the beginning. Your father was uh, in high school a, a band director and a musical influence for you, of course. Is that where it all started for you as far as the saxophone? Yeah. And when did that, that come about? Well, when I, he started me when I was 10, you know, and my dad was old school. Uh, you know, if you didn't practice, you got the, the tug on the ear, like old Italian <laughs> style, you know. But uh, but he, you know, he quickly saw that I was into it, and uh, and he didn't have to ask me to practice. I was uh, I, I enjoyed it, and he 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 really nurtured me. Uh, you know, he wrote a series of of little sort of jazz tunes for himself on piano and me on clarinet and we would play at little church functions i grew up in a small town in ohio called beat city ohio close to the canton area pro football hall of fame area and and it was a sort of an idyllic childhood you know i, I sort of think maybe it was uh, the last of the innocent childhoods before things started getting uh, so much more intense I, kids today man they grow up with so much information that's like uh, <laughs> I can't imagine what they're thinking about, you know. But yeah, uh, he was he was, and you know, he was a he was a super active musician. He he wrote uh, tons of music for the whole libraries for different bands uh, around Ohio, and and then years later when he retired and and retired to North Carolina where my mom was from, uh, he wrote uh, he started a big band down there. With uh, a lot, there's a lot of uh, retired band directors and, and musicians that played in the military uh, that would play in the band, and he he had almost 300 arrangements in that book, you know. So he was super productive, and yeah, he was a profound influence on me. I think he's the best teacher I was ever around, especially at starting kids. He was he was a wizard at getting kids to make enough progress initially that they felt uh, inspired to, to continue. And that's a critical point with young kids because if they don't get good preliminary instruction to whether they feel that they're making progress on their instrument, a lot of them just give up. And so in a very small town, we had an excellent high school band. Excellent. It was always getting superior ratings at state contests. And I could see that he was really well-respected well among the other band leaders. So, yeah, he was a big influence on me. Can you go back in, in the Blue Lou name? Can you talk about the genesis of that? Well, it's funny because uh, it, it, it just... It's funny how coincidences happened. Yesterday, I was going through emails, which is when I discovered that I hadn't responded to yours. And I thought I had, you know, uh, which is why uh, I called you then. Uh, but uh, in going through emails, I found two, two different emails from different friends of mine months apart who had sent me. Uh, there's an old jazz tune called Blue Lou. And each of my friends had sent me a different version of Blue Lou, one of them by Benny Carter and one of them by, uh, I think, uh, Johnny Griffin and Lockjaw Davis, both from old records in the late 50s or early 60s where they played that tune. And my dad had made me aware of the tune, but I don't remember what recording my dad had of it. I, I have to ask, my sister's got a lot of my dad's records. I'm going to have to ask her to look for that. But Blue Lou was in the air yesterday. So uh, 
Aykroyd, you know, when the Blues Brothers started, Aykroyd told us that we were all going to have nicknames. And if he if we didn't come up with a nickname that he liked, he was going to come up with a nickname for us. Well, you know, by that time, by the time of the Blues Brothers, I had already been around Aykroyd for five years of Saturday Night Live. And I I wasn't about to let Aykroyd give me a nickname. Who knows what he would have come up with, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, so it's the Blues Brothers, Blue Lou, it's, it, it's sort of a no-brainer, you know. The funny thing is how resonant the the name has been because I vividly remember the very first big concert we did, which was at Pine Knob with the Blues Brothers Band. And my son was like 10 or 11 years old at the time, and he was on the side of the stage. And when John introduced me, the whole 20,000 people started going, Blue Lou, Blue Lou. And <laughs> at first, I, my son thought that they were booing me, and I remember he had this stricken look on his face, like they're booing my dad. Why are all these people? But then that that turns out to it's it's a thing. People love to do it, you know. And I remember a concert uh, in the first year with James Taylor. I think our final concert was at Madison Square Garden in 2001. And when James introduced me. The Blue Lou thing was so loud. It was weird. You know, it was like I, I was getting more house than James was in New York, wow. you know, because I'm a New Yorker. Yeah, so it turned out to be uh, uh, a good choice or a nickname. But uh, but it was it was engendered by that old jazz tune called Blue Lou. We're speaking with Lou Marie, the legend. And, of course, folks, he made uh, his start, of course, when he got out with the Legendary Blues Brothers, of course, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. Can you tell us a quick story about each and what they've meant to you? Uh, of course, the late John Belushi in terms of your career and some things maybe we didn't know about either one of them. Well, for one thing, uh, I have to say that the the whole Blues Brothers thing was like uh, it was psychedelic in its intensity. It, it just was like a rocket ship that took off. You know, it was. It was an idea that they had that they wanted to do a tune on the show, and Lorne Michaels was against it and didn't think it was cool. And then they ran out of material, and he asked, he told them, "You can do your thing if we, if we still have three minutes to go at the end of the show." And, and lo and behold, they did. And and then Monday morning, the apparently the phones were ringing off the hook with the reaction from people, and then we did it again. And then we didn't think anything more about it. And the next thing you know. We have a gig opening up for Steve Martin, 10 nights at the Universal Amphitheater in, in L.A. And we start rehearsing. And, you know, the band was pulled from so many different uh, zones. You know, Matt Murphy, a true lifelong blues player. Duck and Steve, the heart of the Stacks Volt in Memphis. Alan Rubin, a Juilliard graduate. Me and Malone, who had played with Blood, Sweat and & Tears and Frank Zappa together. And... Uh, uh, Paul Schaefer, uh, a music nerd from Under Bay, he's like a walking encyclopedia. You, you ask him about a tune, and it's like it's on playback. He can sing the the third vocal part. It, you know, he's amazing. And and so it was. Uh, and then Steve Jordan, that young drummer, was just a, a giant young drummer. You know, so it was coming from so many places. And when we started rehearsing, within a couple of days, we realized that 
it was something special. And, and, you know, at that time, Showbiz Central with Belushi and Aykroyd so popular on SNL. And I remember Mick Jagger being uh, at, at the rehearsal studio and we were playing and flipping out. And, and then when we played at the Universal Amphitheater, uh, at one point I looked up and Jack Nicholas was uh, Jack Nicholson was sitting uh, in the front row, you know, and he was wearing black shades and I caught his eye, you know, and he lifted it. He looked at me and he lifted his shades up so I could see his eyes. And, and we were in the middle of playing B movie boxcar blues. And he went, wow, like that. So, you know, I, I, I knew we had something going, but one thing about Belushi and Ackroyd, I mean, Danny has a brilliant and analytical mind, you know, uh, and, just uh, so fast and so razor sharp. And then Belushi was so charismatic and so intuitive and sensitive to people. Uh, he, he he was a unique, unique guy, you know, and the two of them uh, were so generous with us. And it wasn't until we were in the movie that uh, like halfway through the movie, I was talking to one of the assistant directors and he said, you know, when you guys, when we first found out that musicians were going to be acting in this, we all thought, oh, boy, this is going to be a drag. He says, but it turns out that when you guys are on set, it's our favorite time of the movie. Because the band was so uh, warm and full of funny guys. Alan Rubin was one of the funniest. He could have been a major comedian, you know. Duck Dunn is not a better joke teller. And Steve Cropper also, you know. So the band was full of sharp wit and and very warm and, and caring band, and, and we got to know the crew very well. But that director told us, he said, you know, no beginning actors ever get the treatment that you guys are getting on this movie. We had our own trailers. We shared them, <laughs> but we had trailers. We had, and we were getting paid very well, and, and, uh, and that was because of Danny and John. And, you know, the continuous... The continuing legacy of that is, at this point, the original Blues Brothers band is still touring. We were supposed to be on the road for two months, starting in a few days in Europe and uh, before COVID happened. And because of the cold nature of the movie, uh, of the band because of the movie, we have played in places, you know, like Riga, Latvia last summer, uh, first time in Latvia uh, and, and playing beside the sea with uh, tall uh, um, sailing ships uh, as our backdrop, uh, playing in little villages in France where it's the equivalent of a three-county festival where you're invited to the, to the uh, city hall and they have a feast of all the local delicacies, you know. We've gotten to see parts of the world that we would never have seen had the band had Belushi still been alive and we had been touring like a band like James Taylor or Steely Dan, which has a dozen trucks and, you know, you can't do gigs like that. We travel around like the dirty dozen, except there's 13 of us with our technician. <laughs> and, uh, and it's been, I call it the world's greatest part-time job. You know, it's been fantastic, man. Our special guest, Blue Lou Marini. And I, I've got to ask you, I saw one interview you talked about, you said touring with James Taylor, you get the best hotels and the best, uh, you know, jets and the best uh, uh, buses and so forth. He said the Blues Brothers, not so much. It's a little bit different on that side. <laughs> yeah. but, but when you well, look at that group. We go from the ridiculous to the sublime. Like last summer, we were staying in a hotel in Rome 
that was it, it was like a Motel 6, you know, it was funky, but it, it did have a great swimming pool. And then the next day, we fly to Wolfsburg, Germany, where we're staying in the Ritz-Carlton. And my wife and I, due to our uh, me being a senior member, we had a suite that you could have had a party for 30 people you know, wow. that was with that was one day to the next. That's one thing about the Blues Brothers. Is one time we flew to Albania, and uh, they lost everybody's luggage. Every single guy had luggage lost, and and some guys who only had one piece of luggage who traveled with just one piece. They they spent the last week of the tour. I don't know what they did, you know. And we all thought that our luggage was gone forever. And then we finished playing the last night at Ronnie Scott's in London. We were there for three nights. And we get back to the hotel at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there's our luggage the day before we're going home. That's, wow. And that kind of stuff, you know, traveling around, it, uh, you're going on a bus at, at 70 miles an hour uh, in Germany, and all of a sudden the bus door pops open and stuff starts flying out the side <laughs> the bus, you know. Oh, man, we've had some crazy. Yeah, it's a profound difference between the Blues Brothers band. And it's, it's like the movie. If we had had a, a film crew traveling us with, uh, with us all these years, we'd have a stunner, man, I'm telling you. So it's almost like uh, like Belushi in the movie, uh, they, of course, the Blues Brothers, when they would say, you guys stay back in the in the bus. We'll take care of the uh, arrangements, and you guys could end up anywhere. Let me ask you this. Like and this, may, yeah, this may be a tough question. Have you ever had the opportunity to really sit and, and think about had John Belushi lived in terms of the enormity of, and of course you guys had your life of its own in terms of the band and you've done great things through the years, but had he survived and, and thrived what you guys collectively could have done in terms of the growth and even more of a presence than what you guys already have? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, to this, to the, that was that day when, when you woke up and you found he was dead, uh, that was a, a heavy day in the United States, you know. It, it was like a, a, such a profound shock, and and uh, you know they had been talking about a second movie. Apparently, Aykroyd already had the script, and and uh, there was going to be a Blues Brothers tour too, and uh, and another tour, and and uh, and yeah, you know the fact is that with a band, the caliber of that band, there was only one way that it was going to go, and that was to make better and better music, you know, and, and that was a, that was just a great, great band. And then when we got back together again, of course, we never thought we would get back together again. And and that happened because Matt was touring uh, with his blues band and some promoters in Italy asked him whether they, he thought that there might be a possibility that more that the original band would get back together again. And the impetus was uh Donna Dixon, Danny's wife, uh, had a surprise birthday party for Danny and uh, flew us all up to Kingston, Ontario. And we were in his garage, and they, he thought he was going to see a new car on his birthday. And instead, the garage doors opened, and we launched into the the, the chase, you know, bum, 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 bum. And that was the first time we had been together. We never thought we'd be together again, you know. And, oh, my gosh. And we... We had such a great time. It was it was it was fun. We sort of played a little mini concert, and and then uh, after that was when Matt was asked, and, and Matt's promoter put a concert tour together of Italy. We played like seven concerts. I think that was in March of '88, 
And the following summer, they booked a whole summer's worth. Of, I think we were out for five weeks, and we played the Montreal Jazz Festival, and we were in Italy and Spain and Germany, and and we got such a tremendous response that we've been playing together ever since. And you know, we've gone. That's the other thing. You know, like at the we played the Fiesta, the they called the Fiesta de la Merced in Barcelona. There was almost 100,000 people there. And then two nights later, you're playing in a club in Switzerland where the, the capacity is 350 people. You know? <laughs> so that's another thing about the, the, the arc of the Blues Brothers, which is, you know, and when you said that about Belushi earlier, I, it occurred to me uh, that uh, I never had thought of this before, but it's almost like the spirit, the, the anarchic, crazy spirit of, Belushi is is still with us, you know, and in these, uh, I mean, there's so many funny things that have happened to us. So, so yeah, I think he's hovering over us, but you're right. Uh, it would have been, uh, who knows where we would all have been at this point. Uh, I've got to ask you real quick when, you, when that, when that, uh, and I, I'm just visualizing this, when Donald Dixon has a party and you guys are in the garage and he lifts the garage door thinking it's a car and it's the original blues brothers dun, 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 dun. you guys are playing the music does he just does he cry does he smile does he start dancing what's the reaction that he has for you guys oh he he he, he went he loved it you know he he was uh he was super emotional and and uh and funny as hell and and immediately joined in you know no it was great it was great and you know he's he's a tremendous cat. He's can't say enough good about him. I'll tell you what, Blue Lou Marini, our special guest, called me a cat earlier. I mean, this is I'm feeling jazzy by the moment here. And by the way, <laughs> folks, we're going to sell some of his products because I listened to his stuff last night, and I've heard it in the past, but I listened again last night. And I tell you, you talk about soothing. Uh, folks, we're going to get into this much more. I'm going to talk about the Blues Brothers Band a little bit more. His time at SNL, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. He's done it all. And I told him yesterday, I can't wait for the book to come out. We're going to talk about that possibility as well. More with Blue Lou Marini as the Sports King rolls on Monday morning. Hi, this is Bart Oates, Super Bowl champion, center from the New York Giants. You're listening to the Sports King Show with Jamie King on Sports 1061. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 106.1. 
and welcome back, everyone. Monday morning, one of the great mornings I've ever been on the air because I'm speaking to a legend, royalty from the music industry. Doesn't happen every day. Blue Lou Marini is live on the Sports King Show. He's famous from the Blues Brothers Band, Saturday Night Live, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. He's had a lifetime, folks. He's going to write a book. We can't wait to find out when. And when he does, he's going to call in and tell us, and we're going to let you know about that. He's got albums, CDs. I'm going to tell you about that momentarily. But right now, Blue Lou has something special. Take it away, Blue Lou. Okay. Now, Jamie, you have to realize that uh, Jamie uh, Jamie asked me to play a little something on my saxophone, but I'm visiting a, my sister-in-law in D.C., so uh, I just have my flute with me. So this is the first. This is the first time that I've ever played. The, the what we call the chase, the signature start of every Blues Brothers concert and the end of every Blues Brothers concert on the flute. So here you go. I put it on speaker. Here we go. Tell you what, hey Ben, hit the hit the hit the applause. Here we go, here we go. <laughs> Just unbelievable, absolutely phenomenal. And Blue Lou Marini with the flute. Now we're gonna have to get him back at a future show to have it on the sax, which would be there. You go, beyond Coach Ogeron down at LSU. What do you think about uh, that situation there in go terms Jack. of Blue Lou? Okay, there you go. So he loves it, too. Anyway, uh, Blue Lou Marini is our special guest. I want to ask you this from a historical aspect. When you sit back and look at your career, uh, you've got the Blues Brothers, Elwood Blues, Z Blues, the Steve Cropper, Lou Marini, Alan Rubin, Johnny Roche, Eddie Floyd, Jake Blues, Donald Duck Dunn, Steve Jordan, Willie Hall, Tom Malone, Matt Murphy, Paul Schaefer, Murphy Dunn, Tom Scott, Mighty Mac McTeer, Larry Thurston, Tommy McDonald. Uh a lot of the band members, sadly, are not with us. But when you look at the aspect of you guys as a group and what you meant to music in terms of the totality of all of you guys together, one of the most beautiful sounds the world has ever known, how much pride do you take in it? And what, is, what are the words that you think of when you think of that collective group? Well, yeah, uh, you know, the uh, the current drummer with the Blues Brothers Band has been with us for the last 20 years is a guy named Lee Finkelstein. And uh, he, like me, is an appreciator of the, of the gift that we've had through the band of being able to play all over the world in all these great situations and unique situations. And and we'll look at each other before a concert and, and we'll exchange a look that is like, ah, here we are again, you know, let's make sure that we we savor this and we really treasure it. And, and uh, uh, you know, uh, like I say, it's uh, it's been a, a source of, of, of great pride in that we've, we've done, we've made so many people happy in so many different places around the world. And uh, a couple of years ago, we were playing at Ronnie Scott's in London and we had finished a great set and, uh, I was walking out to head to the bar, and a little Scottish lady stopped me, and she said, young man, she said, which was also, that was very funny, but I guess I was young compared to her because she was a very <laughs> old lady. But she said, young man, don't ever underestimate the importance of what you do. 
and you know that made me feel so good. And and but I I uh, when you when you put the frame the question that way, it is a very nice feeling to know that over the years, in so many places, we've made thousands and thousands of people happy for two and a half hours. You know, one thing about the Blues Brothers band, man, is we start playing and people start dancing all over the world. And, you know, I remember when we first started playing in Tokyo and Japan uh, that we were told, you know, the Japanese audiences are not like uh, audiences around the rest of the world. They're they're not going to be remonstrative and they're not going to be up up and dancing and stuff. And we have sometimes, like there's one group that comes to the Blue Note to hear us play, and they'll be anywhere from a dozen to 20 people all dressed as Blues Brothers, and they have a whole dance routine to every tune. They'll stand up at their at their table and do these moves, you know. So, yeah, it's been, you're right, I, I do have a, uh, a lot of pride and, and uh, more, than, more than that, uh, uh, a great feeling about, the effect we've had on people it's 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 uh it's a positive loving thing you know which is in this world that's pretty good absolutely we need it now more than ever of course uh one of the big albums briefcase full of blues which i purchased 1978 i loved it when you look back at the blues brothers body of work you got soul man rubber biscuit all the great tunes the opening song you just played moments ago is there one Blues Brothers tune that you love more than any other, or is it like picking your favorite child? I mean, is there one that stands out where you're like, man, that's the one I love doing most of all? Uh, that would be hard to say. I mean, you know, the Steve Cropper always always says that the Blues Brothers is like a, a freight train, you know? It, it's just, the concert starts and it's nonstop. We, we play the opening medley and, you know, I've been playing for a long time, man, and we play the opening medley, and my stomach hurts because we're blowing so hard. Uh, uh, and and it's like that the whole concert, you know. It's yeah. an intense uh, expenditure of energy. And, you know, when I was a kid, you're, you got a sports show. When I was a kid, my brother and I were good athletes, man. We played every sport. But I was the littlest kid in my class, Uh until my senior year. That's when I finally had my growth spurt, you know. But uh, And so I played every sport, and I was a good athlete, and, and my brother was a better athlete, and and we were ferocious, you know. And, uh, and I always loved any kind of ball game. When I got to New York, I discovered four-wall handball, which had I known about it when I was a kid, I would have been a total fanatic because I think it's the greatest game ever. It's the angles and nonstop, and it's you have to learn to use your left hand. And and uh, uh, but my point is that that the physical nature of uh, I mean the the joy of physical movement of playing sports, which has always been profound to me. Uh, uh, is that's a part of playing a musical instrument, especially a wind instrument, because you're you're blowing hard, you know, you're playing hard, and and it's a, it's it's a physical effort, and that's that's one of the delights of uh, of my life in music is has been that continued connection with my love of of sport, you know, there's a, a there's a a kinship between the two. I think that's one reason why musicians and athletes uh, like each other so much and have a common bond, you know. 
Absolutely. Our special guest, Blue Lou Marini. I've got to ask you this. A uh, member of Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Saturday Night Live Band, uh, Blues Brothers. You've recorded with folks like Aaron Clapton, Aretha Franklin, Tony Bennett, Stevie Wonder, Diana Ross, Lou Reed, Frank Zappa, Aerosmith, The Rolling Stones, The Band, Steely Dan. And those are just a few of the names we could throw out there that folks would know about. Uh, when you look at your totality, and it, of course, it's once again like probably picking your favorite child. But when you look at some of the moments of your life in all of the great things you've done, is there one, when you stand back and look and say, I was next to that person, or I worked with that person that really stood up to you and said, man, what a moment that I will never forget. I know all of them are individually moments you'll not forget, but is there one that stands out above the rest to you? Well, I mean, uh, there's, there's there's some highlights. Uh, you know, I played the Kennedy Center Honors for 12 years, and uh, I was in the uh, orchestra, and I was also in the all-star band that played uh, out in front. Uh, and when we played for, uh, when, the, when they inducted Led Zeppelin, and we played Stairway to Heaven, that was, uh, that was an extraordinarily magic moment. And uh, also... You know, I was in the all-star band that played uh, for the HBO special when President Obama was inaugurated, and when when we were stand when we were at the Lincoln Memorial and you're looking out at a million people, that was pretty amazing, man. That was <laughs> that was like, uh, but you know, Alan Rubin used to say to me on Saturday Night Live show when because the opening theme, you know, was me. Uh, starting the every night I would play the very same first phrase and then I would improvise the rest of it. And, uh, every night right before the opening theme, Alan would say to me, where's the hippest place to be on earth right now? You know, and, and it would be studio eight H NBC, you know, Saturday night live because the show was so super popular. You know, there's a couple of things that, that I really, uh, you know, twice I was supposed to play for Frank Sinatra one time on a Dionne Warwick special, and I was playing the first saxophone, so I was getting to play lead alto on those great charts of Sinatra's. But uh, his son, uh, Frank Sinatra Jr., was conducting, and, and Frank doesn't show up to the to the rehearsal, you know, so we rehearsed the music. And I knew Frank Sinatra Jr. because I had played for him Right before he remember that when he got kidnapped back in the sixties and he had I he had an act of his own and I had played for him in Dallas when I was in school at North Texas State University in Denton, Texas. So I already knew him. And then Frank was ill and, and wasn't able to do the concert. And then another time in New York I rehearsed for him for a concert for Frank and again he was ill. So that's one of my great regrets is not getting to play for him because I have a bunch of my colleagues who played for him multiple times and they said it was fantastic, you know. When, when you look at your career and, and being one of the greatest, uh, if not the greatest to ever play the instrument, when you look at the guys like Clarence Clemens and Kenny G and yourself, was there a fraternity there that you guys exchange ideas and talk? Because you're in an elite class that has done so many wonderful things uh, what's it like in that kind of fraternity of some of the greats when your name is always mentioned at the very top of the industry in terms of being that type of player? Well, you know, uh, it's there, there's there's a lot of great, great, great saxophone players who people don't know about by virtue of 
luck or however they choose. Now, there's a there's a tenor saxophone player down in Dallas, Texas, named Randy Lee that I went to school with, and he is he's just a fantastic player that nobody knows about because he's never left Dallas, you know. But he's a world class player, and I know lots of guys like that. But one thing about the fellowship of musicians is that. Uh, when you can play, you're part of this fellowship, you know, and and you have the respect of your peers, and it's a brotherhood that's uh, it's just great to be part of, you know. It's a brotherhood that's built on uh, mutual respect. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Clarence because last night we were watching a documentary on Clarence that I didn't know anything about. I didn't know about this whole adventure where he went to China. <laughs> Yeah, he was a sweet guy. I remember the first time my wife saw him, I was playing at the Beacon Theater with Levon Helm's band as a special guest. And uh, uh, this is uh, the Ramble Band, you know, the Midnight Ramble Band. And uh, Clarence was also a guest. And and uh, we said hello. And, and then my wife was sitting on my lap, and Clarence was standing beside us. And he was wearing leather pants and a pair of engineer boots. And and she tugged on my sleeve, and I said, "What?" You know, and she pointed down at Clarence's boots, and I said, "What?" And she—they were so big, she couldn't believe it. <laughs> he, Unbelievable! He looked like, a, yeah, he's such a big cat, and wearing those—you know—those black engineer boots that guys wear. You know, they—they they just look like uh, immense to her. You know, it was funny. Well, I'll tell you what, we're Facebook Live as well as Sports 1061. The folks are asking, how can they get a CD? I'm glad you asked that. Folks, I was listening last night. He has so many hits. Uh, one of the albums and CDs we're going to talk about, The Last Shade of Blue Before Black, Steve Cropper, uh, Lou Marini, and the original Blues Brothers Band. You've got to get this. And you can go to blue, the color blue, Lou, M-A-R-I-N-I.com, folks. Uh, they're listening and watching on Facebook Live. Please go out and get this. It's absolutely wonderful. And this gentleman, I tell you what, I was sitting there so soothed. I had a tough day yesterday, and you talk about relaxing. Lou, can't thank you enough for just those tones, man. You are just so amazing at what you do and the relaxation as you said the millions of people that you've given joy to it just continues on and this work is just masterful can you talk about the last shade of blue before black well we uh we the title is from a tune of mine called the last shade i feel like the last shade of blue before black you know and uh, when we were getting together and and discussing what we were going to put on the music uh on the cd uh we had we wanted to to sort of the last shade is is sort of an homage to all the wonderful artists we've played with and for you know so there's a you know like in honor of Cab Calloway there's a fastballer tune called Your Feet's Too Big from that era that we repurposed into like a, a New Orleans rumba you know and and then uh, we did a leave on I mean we did a, a, a uh, Delbert McClinton tune because we always Alan Rubin always loved the movie Boxcar Blues. It was his favorite Blues Brothers tune, and uh, and we found a, a Delbert McClinton tune called Cherry Street. Tommy McDonald, our singer, came up with it, and so the whole album is, is like that. We Eddie Floyd, uh, who sang with us as our special guest for from '88 till like 2000, uh, uh, came back and did two of his tunes and. Uh, including a new tune uh, uh, called Don't Forget About James Brown, which is just great. And then Paul Schaefer wanted to do uh, Sex Machine after an iconic performance of James Brown on The Letterman Show. 
And, uh, and so that was perfect because we did Don't Forget About James Brown and then Paul did Sex Machine, you know. And the, uh, the CD is full of little... We felt like there were so many fortuitous moments in it, and then we wanted, and you know, we had I had worked with Dr. John for like ten years in New York, and and a lot of the guys were friends with him and had worked with him over the years, and so we we wanted to do right time in the right place, and uh, or qualified, I mean, and uh, so I wrote a, wrote a new little chorale for the beginning of qualified, and when Mac showed up, he started playing qualified, and. Uh, it was a totally different tempo than than the record, you know. And at first we were a little uh, nonplussed by it, but then we figured, oh, we'll do the original chart that I had written in honor of Alan Toussaint, who had written it, and who also we had all of us had played with at one time or another. And it turned out to be totally great, and it's probably the last thing that Mac recorded, you know. So when uh, when I wanted the guys to to uh, consider my song you know i said well i have a tune that i think we should do but i don't have a recording of it but i can sing it for you you know and so i just sang it by myself and larry farrell the trombone player he said man we got to do it and you got to sing it and the other nice thing about that cd to me is that it's basically a live cd we went out to a studio in in new jersey right across the river in weehawk it called iwi and uh, which means it is what it is and uh, it's a big old uh, uh, studio that used to be, uh, I think it used to be a place connected with the railroad where they would wash uh, cars, uh, uh, like boxcars and stuff. So it was big. They could pull the car in and wash it on a platform and then pull them on through. And uh, it's a big old room that's got a, a really great sound to it. And, and we had a great engineer named Jay Messina, who also, he's a famous engineer, who's worked with everybody from Aerosmith to Stones or whatever. And uh, and so all the elements came together so nicely because we were able to play live in the studio and record live all together at the same time. And the guest artists that we had were were so great. Yeah, it's a... I'm very proud of that CD. It's it's a it's a great CD, right in the legacy of the Blues Brothers. We're going to take a time out. Our special guest, Blue Lou Marini. You're going to find out more about where you can get the CD, and we're going to find out what he's up to now, when you can see him possibly again, and we're also going to talk about his sports background. Of course, a friend of the Iron Man, Cal Ripken, as the Sports King rolls on this Monday morning. Hi, this is Chris Mooney of the Richmond Spiders. You're listening to Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, Give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Let's get back to the guy who said where there's a will, 
there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 1061. show and what a historical day for us the great blue lou marini from the blues brothers fame saturday night live uh blood sweat and tears the list goes on and on uh he has an all uh, another cd star maker listen to last night folks you got to get this star maker the last shade of blue before black go to blue if you want to relax and i'm telling you i just told him during a break i feel cooler for talking to him i feel like that cool cat who was talking about some of that stuff and of course uh i said that he looks like the guy from the muppets remember the muppet uh saxophone player how cool he was i think that was blue lou and he said well go ahead lou tell him the story and who who's, who else feels that might be you as well well uh, you know i i play with Linda Carter, Wonder Woman has a wonderful band of musicians from Nashville. I'm the only guy not from Nashville in the band. And uh, Linda always introduces me and, and mentions that. And even though I tell her that, Linda, it's, it's not clear that, uh, that I'm the guy that they patterned the Muppet after. I mean, they were, although Henson was on the Saturday Night Live show with the Muppets, you know, that's where they, they first got their big... Um, exposure i think but but at any rate there's uh, there's no way to know whether i was the inspiration for that or not but coincidentally i did a lot of work for sesame street over the years and soloed for sesame street and soloed as the saxophone voice of that muppet a bunch of times over the years so so we do have a connection i guess absolutely you're a big sports fan of course I know Cal Ripken. You know Cal. Can you talk about your relationship with Cal and how uh, that's evolved through the years? Well, that happened through uh, through Wonder Woman because uh, Linda was with a group of friends, uh, Cal and his wife at the time, Kelly, and uh, they invited us to meet them in Barcelona. My wife is Spanish, and we were in Madrid. And so we took three days and went to Barcelona, and they put us up in uh, Oriental, what was it, Mandarin Oriental Hotel. We had a it was funny too because we mentioned our our giant tub, you know, and and uh, I remember Cal said, "Well, you're kidding, you know." And I said, "No, we're not kidding." And I said, "I took a picture of it, and then we turned out we were the only ones that had the tub. Everybody else had these big walk-in showers, <laughs> so we were taking gas for that. But uh, uh, we were walking through uh, Barcelona and on a tour, and there was a young woman who was." Our guide, a young Spanish woman, at some point, she said, we have to go on. We have to go on or we'll be late. She said, where's the other two people? And I said, oh, you mean Cal and Kelly Ripken? And, and she said, what did you say? And I said, Cal Ripken and his wife. She said, Cal Ripken, the baseball player? And I said, yeah. And she blanched. She got white as a sheet. And she told us that when she was an au pair in, in uh, Baltimore that she – uh, had was taking care of a set of twin boys who were baseball fanatics, and they went to uh, see the Orioles play on the game on the day that Cal broke the record, wow. and uh, and she she couldn't believe it, you know. And then when Cal came back, I told her told him about it, and he gave her a big hug and and signed an autograph for her and everything, and she was totally thrilled. And then. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were playing uh, with Linda at, at, in D.C. and Cal was at the concert. And afterwards, yeah, we were talking at the bar, and he said, "Hey, man, uh, you know about baseball, don't you?" And I said, "Are you kidding? I played baseball all my my childhood. I was, in fact, man, uh, I didn't tell Cal this, but 
I, I, I one time when playing hot stove, I was, I was like 15 years old. Uh, there were guys on first and second, and I was playing second base, and uh, the batter hit a sharp line drive, and the the guy off first was taking a big lead off, and he was right beside me when I caught it, and I tagged him, and I beat the guy on second back to to second base, and I had an assisted triple play in that. Blue Lou, unassisted triple play. And Blue Lou will tell you, Blue Lou will tell you, and my mom loved him for this as well, and uh, Blue Lou and I agree, the bluest eyes maybe we've ever seen, huh? Oh, yeah, Cal Ripken. Wow, it's it's a little weird, isn't it, when you yes. meet him? Yes. They're so blue that it's like, it's like uh, you know, you think you're you're in, in, a, in a, like a sci-fi movie almost, right? <laughs> but what a lovely... Warm and generous guy. And, and meanwhile, so what? What happened was that Cal said, "Well, you know, I have to do this uh, baseball seminar in Prague for a few days." He said, "Do you want to go to Prague and be my assistant?" And I was like, "Are you kidding? <laughs> You're, are you serious?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "You could BS your way through it." And I said, "Sure, you know." And he, I said, "When is it?" And then he named the dates, and uh, it was right in the middle of a Blues Brothers tour of Europe, so I couldn't wow. do it. But man. Uh, that would have been cool. Yes. Hey, Blue, we, Blue Lou, we only have two minutes left. And in that two minutes, could you give us something, a message of hope, of course, amidst the coronavirus and all we're facing and the strife out there? I think we need to sit back, relax, and listen to the last shade of Blue Before Black and just relax and let that jazz waft over us. What do you think? Well, that would be good. I mean, music is, a, of course, is a universal balm, you know. And... Uh, you know, that's one of the, the poignant things about this is, like, uh, I was supposed to be on the road from with James Taylor's band from the end of March until, t- I think, today or tomorrow, whenever the 15th is. What day is today? It's, like, it's the 13th, so we were supposed to finish on, on Wednesday. Uh, and, uh, you know, that feeling of... of closeness and being together and the camaraderie that is the weirdest thing about this virus that we have to stay physically distant from one another and, and uh, it's uh, that's a that goes against all of our human nature and all of our, our instincts to put our arms around one another and hug each other and kiss each other you know and so it's uh, it's an era of air kisses and elbow bumps and, and uh, uh but music, like uh, music, is, uh, is is a healing thing, and 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 can take you out of it, you know. And so, yeah, yeah pick out your favorite music and chill, you know, and, and think about your friends and let them know you love them. Absolutely, Blue Lou, I cannot thank you enough. Of course, folks, you can go to bluelumarini dot com learn more about the great, great Lou Marini. Thank you so much. And we're going to have you back when you get that book out. And we'd love to have you back with some sacks and much, much more. You are an incredible man, and this has been an honor for all of us here at the show. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Jamie. It's my pleasure and my honor. Thank you, brother. The great Blue Lou Marini. Call me brother. Call me a cat. 
Man, I am having the jazz day of my life. It's such a such an awesome treat. Uh, ben Maitland, of course, a big Blues Brothers fan. I am, and I know all of you listening out there hopefully enjoy this as much as we did. What a great, great ride down memory lane with the great Blue Lou Marini. We thank Mark Mosley for hour number one, Blue Lou Marini, hour number two, and all of you. We look forward to having you back tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of the Sports King on Sports 1061.